welcome to Midnight Breakfast Cafe, the podcast that brings you the charming coffee shop banter without the food or beverages. I'm Stacy. I'm Natalie. I'm Tracy. So I have a question for you, Natalie. Yes. How do you define an adult? I think an adult thinks about the consequences of his or her actions. And I kind of, I don't really consider the consequences of eating an entire bag of sour gummy candies in one sitting. (laughs) Or like, the pain of it is never enough to like prevent me from doing it anyway. So in other words, being adult is being aware of your own impending death and acting accordingly. Yes. Because that bag of candy is just slicing entire minutes off your life. I think that is a great definition, actually. (laughs) Well, actually, that kind of makes sense because if you think of Peter Pan and Neverland, Neverland is where you go to never grow up. Hmm. Yeah. And nobody dies there. But they also don't have sour gummy candies because they live, like, in the jungle. Yeah, what do they eat? What is Wendy cooking? Like, she's like, okay, we've got some leaves, probably. I don't know who's catching the food, if they're hunting or fishing or something, but that's got to be a terrible cooking job. Did you guys read Lord of the Flies when you were little? I did. Not little. I read it in high school. Yeah. It was a terrible book. (laughs) Yes, but it's also, like, what real-life Peter Pan would be like. They would just, like, murder each other. That is the current trendy depiction of Peter Pan, is that he's an asshole running some kind of uh, insane colony of children who become, like, I don't know, cannibals. That he abducted and tortured. Yeah. Wait, so there's, like, a new comic book or TV series? Did I miss something? This is like, uh, like, when you're on Amazon browsing books, always the thing that comes up in the recommended section is, like, fairy tale retellings. So it's always, like, either Peter Pan or Alice in Wonderlands and... And either what they've done is made it real sexy, like full of all characters that you like if you read Twilight, or it's real dark and everyone's mean and the heroes are the villains now. So I see this version of Peter Pan now where it's like Peter is running this little dystopia where no one can escape and either Wendy or some miscellaneous lost boy must overthrow him and escape the island and probably become a pirate because that's what I would do. Oh, well, I haven't seen that. I've just seen, like, <laughs> lots of comments floating around about, like, these alternative, um, I don't know, what's the word? Analysis of Peter Pan. You know, kind of how people say that all these original, like, Grimm's fairy tales are actually really dark, but we kind of sanitize them for children. But they're doing that to Peter Pan. But that kind of upsets me because Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland were, like, Victorian-era fictional stories. They weren't, like folk tales that were then repackaged yeah yeah it's weird the things we treat as like uh our fodder for remakes now like i don't know it makes sense to remake fairy tales over and over again because that's the state in which they originally existed Mm -hmm. but these were just books that somebody wrote which makes me think that in like 50 years people are going to be like this is a version of harry potter where everyone is gender swapped and an asshole and that's going to be, like, a valid thing to make in the same way that it's okay to make a million Alice in Wonderland remakes. Actually, those kinds of Harry Potter things do exist on Tumblr. Yeah, it's just fanfiction world's going to become real world. Yeah, about <laughs> how, like, none of the Harry Potter stories ever really happened. Harry Potter just went mad living under the staircase. Yeah. I don't, I don't want that. That just sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, I, I, still, I still think it's going to happen. Uh, but did you hear Lin-Manuel Miranda is working on the Little Mermaid reboot? 
I did, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, he's basically allowed to work on every Disney movie from this point on until we get sick of him, which might not happen, so I'd say forever. Okay. Speaking of Lin-Manuel working on every music, like Disney musical, I also would not be opposed to Dwayne The Rock Johnson being a voice in every one of those movies. <laughs> So who would Dwayne The Rock Johnson play in The Little Mermaid? Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe one of the rays? The, the creepy no, rays? No, he'll be King Trident. Oh, yes. That's the answer. He's yeah. King Trident. Because he's kind of got that whole burly physique, and you can totally see him smashing up a room of beautiful belongings of his daughter. And... Imagine like a rapping King Trident played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't know that I want rapping King no. Trident in the movie, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't know if I want any raps in The Little Mermaid. Let Manuel can write things that aren't raps. Yeah. But if anybody has to rap, it should be Ursula, maybe. Oh yeah, oh, she yeah. Would, that would be cool. Yeah. I would think I could see like a little scene of Sebastian trying to write rap, but it's just so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's like, Sebastian, you can't write rap. He's like, I can do anything. I'm a musical genius. I didn't think about this, but this may actually be the downside of the current Lin-Manuel explosion, is that soon it's going to be cool again to put rap in everything. And most of it's going to be terrible. Oh, like, yeah. it's, it's nice when Lin-Manuel does it, because we trust him and we love him. But imagine when some corporate suit is just like, you know what the kids like these days? Is singing cartoon characters, and not only singing, but rapping. I feel like people don't understand what rap really is now. That's the problem. Well, I'm not an expert, but it's kind of like rap is tied up into the whole hip-hop culture thing. It's not just like a genre of music. It's, it's a culture. It originated basically as a way for disenfranchised like black people to tell their story. And part of it, their story was also this feeling of anger. Yeah, so maybe that's one of the reasons why bad rap is so awkward, because it does not have any of this background. It's right. just like, we also know how to rhyme. Yeah, they just think it's rhyming to, like, a beat, but it's more than that. I mean, rap doesn't always have to be that, but yeah. I think that when you want to write a good rap, you have to consider the roots of this entire, well, for lack of a better word here, genre. But what about Schoolhouse Rap? That was amazing. No Schoolhouse Rock. Oh. Wasn't it? Was yeah, it I didn't know about Schoolhouse Rap. I thought, no, I learned my multiplication tables with, like, these rap cassette tapes. Wow. I, I have to look into this. I don't know how I feel about this. They probably did have that, but I'm wondering now if it was a shoot-off of Schoolhouse Rock or if this was a, a knockoff that uh, used rap only. Uh, there probably were some raps in Schoolhouse Rock. Well, they were just... They were like a probably like a set of cassette tapes that my mom bought from like Costco. <laughs> I mean, everything about the story is delightful. <laughs> this reminds me of those language videos they used to advertise. Muzzy. Oh, I had Muzzy. Yeah. I learned German from Muzzy <laughs> what for is like Muzzy? six months. It's like a, a hippo or something. What no, is no, Muzzy? No, he's like an alien. Muzzy's an alien after all these years. <laughs> yeah, but he's like. Fuzzy. That's why he's called Muzzy. He, he's just like this monster kind of thing. He doesn't understand anything about planet Earth. And he lives with his family and they have to teach him all this stuff. So they're like, Muzzy, the first thing you have to learn is every language on Earth. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like, you have to learn 
a conversation <laughs> about stuff. We need to teach you words. <laughs> I imagine this being like a rival, like it's just a form of strange pictograms that they developed specifically for talking to Muzzy. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that they had Muzzy in America. They did, but I didn't know anyone who had it. It was ads on TV that you had to send away. And I don't, it was probably expensive or it looked like you were going to have to keep re-upping it every month or something. Probably. We uh, had Muzzy through school. Okay. I was in Australia. Muzzy was part of, like, it was the school curriculum for learning German when I was in year six. <laughs> it was actually really cute. I always thought that Muzzy was Australia because I seem to recall there was, like, one segment where they took in a wombat. <laughs> maybe, I mean, I could be making this up. Maybe Muzzy that seems likely. is like Fraggle Rock or whatever. Where there's like yeah. a gazillion versions of Fraggle Rock. Yeah, it's just they do it a little differently in well, every country. I don't country. know if this is true to the spirit of our podcast and stuff, but I'm looking up Muzzy right now. No, do it. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so I think... How do you spell Let's all look it up. M-U-Z-Z-Y. Oh, okay. Which is really funny in Australia because Muzzy is also what they call mosquitoes for short. And Muzzy looks nothing like a mosquito. No. Weird. Oh, oh. Muzzy is British. <laughs> hmm. He is a large furry alien who appears in the BBC educational films Muzzy and Gondoland and Muzzy Comes Back. So these were movies. And only later were they like, this guy needs to teach our kids how to speak in foreign languages. He's an animated film first created by the BBC in 1986 as a way of teaching English as a second language. Oh Oh my god, Muzzy's the same age as me! Wow, that's amazing! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Muzzy is kind of scary looking. Yeah, I did not know that was Muzzy. I think there was another thing that was on those ads that I thought was supposed to be Muzzy. No, I think this is like, this picture is his first appearance back in 1986. Oh. By the time of, like, 1997, they had, like, made him better looking. They're like, he has to not be that scared. Yeah. They're like, a really creepy kind of computer graphically looking Muzzy. Yeah. He's terrified. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. It's the one in the Wikipedia article for Muzzy in Gondoland. So I'm wondering now, like, when is Muzzy still active to this day? Or is it that he kind of stopped in the 90s? Around the time that I saw him. Well, there's a website for Muzzy BBC. It says, oh. Oh. Digital Education has developed a new version of the course, which was released in 2013. Damn. Damn. I don't like it. But I'm wondering now if this is being advertised to kids on TV and they're like, what is that? <laughs> Muzzy In the same pass. way that I was. Learn more. <laughs> oh. Oh, look. Look at Muzzy. Look at Muzzy now. Wow. Okay. He's like very furry. I don't like it one He bit. looks like Mike Sullivan from Monsters Incorporated had a love child with, like, a troll. No. I think... It looks like you took Sully and then you went to the dollar store in China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's exactly like that. <laughs> I think you have no business making CG of fur if you're not Pixar. Yeah. Think about it. You just don't know how. Well, this is amazing, though, because the BBC actually has so much funding. Yeah, but not for Muzzy. <laughs> They're spending it all on Sherlock. <laughs> I became reinterested in the topic of dogs because of this Patrick Stewart uh, news. Oh, um, right. 
Yeah. He's fostering a pit bull. That's right. If you haven't and seen this. And it looks this. like the friendliest, loveliest pit bull I've ever seen. Okay. <laughs> right. Granted, I've never, I haven't seen that many pit bulls. Me yeah, too. so you can now see videos of Patrick Stewart opening his door to receive the pit bull, and Patrick Stewart swimming in the pool, and the pit bull coming around side. It's just a beautiful friendship, and I love it. I had a takeaway from this video. It's like, Patrick Stewart tucked his t-shirt into his shorts. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> I don't know why I did. And I'm like, well, I guess it makes sense. I don't know why Like, I focused on that detail. <laughs> Is that what you do as an adult man? You tuck your t-shirt into your shorts? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he had a belt on. It was like khaki shorts. Huh. I would like the foster dogs. Patrick Stewart, he can do whatever he wants. That is true. Hmm. That is true. Huh. He and Michaela could probably do it as well. They would be friends tucking in their t-shirts into their khaki shorts together. Oh, derailment. What happened? Uh... Would you guys like to foster dogs? Yes. What? Would you guys like to foster some dogs? I mean, are you asking if I have the ability to foster dogs right now in my current situation? No, no. I'm saying, like, when you feel snug in your living situation, in which basically everything else is the way that you want it, would you then foster a dog? I would not only foster the dog, I would refuse to give it away. When the time <laughs> came, I'd be like, no, this dog is mine now. I've always thought that's the true scheme behind dog fostering, is how could you foster a dog for a temporary period of time and then give it away? You just won't. You get used to the idea, and then you have new dogs. <laughs> I think I would like to just get a dog, but I may foster cats. Oh, hold on. Our audio just stopped. Never mind. Um, yeah, I would want to foster cats as well. I would also not give up the cat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like... Some cats are punks. Many cats are punks. Like this cat right here on the bed next to me. Yes. He is a punk. He stepped on me this morning. <laughs> he stepped on my bladder. <laughs> was he like, Stacy, open the door? He was. That is exactly what happened. He was like, gotta make sure a human is awake so they can open the door for me. I'm gonna step on this one right here because she always wakes up. Now look, she's awake. Open the door now. Oh. I just gotta learn to sleep more deeply. I do get those uh, delusions of grandeur sometimes where I want to wake up early or, you know, otherwise revolutionize my workflow. And so I decide, like, I'm gonna set my alarm even, like, a half hour earlier. And all that happens is I look at it and I think, oh, good, another half hour of sleep. <laughs> and I go back to bed. It's like I gifted myself that moment of realizing that I only get to wake up when I feel like it which is a perk of being a freelancer, but not a perk in that I make more money. But you, you would totally money. wake up early if someone was like, Tracy, if you woke up at 6 a.m., we would take you to see a baby panda. That's right. I would. I'd probably pull an all-nighter. I, <laughs> I could sleep with the idea that I would see a baby panda at any time. But every once in a while, I'll try to do one of these types of things where I'm just like, it's going to be so easy to just change the way I have behaved my entire life. All you need is special alarm clock, and uh, sometimes it works, though. Like, I was going to try to make lunch at the same time every day, so I wouldn't have that moment where it's like, oh, shit, we should be eating right now. And so I started setting noon alarm clocks, and now I always have lunch ready <laughs> at an appropriate time. <laughs> it's good. 
Is that your proudest adulting moment? It might be, although I'd like to think that I've done something better than that. Uh, let's see. If I was going to come up with one proudest adulting moment, it probably just would be waking up with my alarm every day. I don't uh, hit snooze a million times anymore. All my proudest adulting moments are alarm clock related, <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> what about you, Stacey? I have one very proud adult moment every month, and that's the moment my salary is deposited into my bank account. It's good. <laughs> yeah, money, that's for adults. <laughs> oh, man. I've realized the biggest difference between an adult and a child is that the adult has money to spend. Yeah, so this is just uh, like the measurement that you can use to determine all the other adulting moments, like the candy thing. The money can be used to buy candy. That is the difference between me and a child, is I make these decisions knowing I can do whatever I want. <laughs> but oh, can you good. really? <laughs> no, but no, I, I get like that little child. Feeling. They have to be like, well, what can I actually talk my parents into buying me? I could probably talk them into buying me a bag of candy more so than I could talk them into buying me like a PS4. But yeah. as an adult <laughs> in that situation, you're like candy or PS4. That's true. Maybe it's about learning that when you uh, you limit the amount of short-term happinesses you get, you can build up to long-term happinesses that you want even more than that. Like if you don't have a Starbucks coffee every morning, then maybe you can like buy a new gadget or just have some savings so you won't be be killed one day <laughs> and not being able to afford a hospital bill. <laughs> right. I don't know, like, because I have this, I feel like now that I'm an adult, I just have more creative ways to terrify myself. <laughs> like, how so? Like, just how I'm essentially just like one car accident from like homelessness. Oh my god. Yeah, that's why I don't have a car. <laughs> well, like, you can get hit by a car. You don't, you don't have to have a car to get hit by a car. Yeah, bike accidents, pedestrian bike, accidents, yeah, like just accidents, asteroids. Yeah. <laughs> when a, a frequent like stress nightmare I have is that our apartment building just tips over. It's like <laughs> I'm done. You're only on the fourth floor. I think you'll be your building's not tall enough to tip over. But in my dream, it does. So this is like a frequent thought that I have is like, well, the apartment building could tip over at any time. So I may as well enjoy life. Have you seen Dog Pack lately? No, Dog Pack's been missing. Dog Packer, the group of heroes that defend our neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, now I'm picturing one day, like, Dog Pack just coming to your front door. It's like, it's a nice apartment you've got here. It'd be a shame if anything happened to it. Dog Pack are not villains. I wouldn't know this. I've seen their, their heroic stylings. They're just going around the area searching for criminals that they can defeat and put in jail. So, what is Dog Pack? Dog Pack's a group of, like, five dogs that travel together. And it's, like, four really huge dogs around the sides and one really tiny dog in the middle. But <laughs> you know that the tiny dog is the leader. That's right. And so he's got, like, all these bodyguards. It's possible he is the only hero among them, and the rest are just like, we're just here to make sure this guy is all right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Please tell me the bigger dogs are, like, black, so they're, like, secret service dogs. I think a variety of colors. They're not, uh, they're not a monochrome set, but they're still looking good. 
I haven't seen them recently, though. I think they have moved on to more adventures. Yep. <laughs> They're cleaning up the city one district at a time. That's right. Man, we got real derailed into stories of animals that we know personally. <laughs> well, you know, we are talking about Sir Patrick Stewart's pit bull. That's right, and that's a dog that he knows personally, so it yeah. only seemed right. I think it's interesting. I always attribute positive qualities to random dogs that I see, but I attribute malice to random cats that I see. That's So whenever I see a dog, I'm like, oh, look at this friend just going around doing the best he can every day. That's so much fair, Tracy. But then I see the cat, and I'm like, this cat would kill us all if he had a chair. I had a dream where I was at a theme park, and the theme park was themed after a movie that does not exist about killer cats. And so as you walk through the attraction, cats just come out and scratch you. And the whole time I was like, yeah, I was like, this is a bad theme park. I don't think I like theme parks anymore. I thought they would not actually (laughs) be killer cats, but it turns out they are. uh, And we're all going to die. So, Although I would still like to watch this non-existent movie. I think in the dream it was a Stephen King movie, which makes me think of like Pet Cemetery, but I've never watched or read Pet Cemetery. Well, Maybe it's like that. The movies that we watched. I mean, I don't know if you got the chance to watch this movie, Natalie. Cat's Eye, but that is some of the best cat acting I've ever seen. This cat is just like. Is it well, a horror movie? It's actually movie? also based on like some Stephen King short stories. So it's just this cat who walks around and all these like random things happen to him. So the first story is about this guy who's trying to quit smoking. So he enrolls himself in this like um, clinic that's supposed to help you. But it turns out what they do is that they threaten you. If you break down and you smoke a cigarette, they will torture your loved ones. And so they demonstrate this by putting the cat, who is the hero of the story, into this room where the floor, like, electrocutes you. And they tell... I feel like this is a real thing. But so, like, they're using the cat as a demonstration, and they're like, yeah, so if we catch you smoking, it's not going to be the cat that gets shot, it's going to be your wife. And then the next story... um, well, I forgot the second story in this movie, but basically at the end of the story, the cat finds himself into the home of this like really cute girl played by Drew Barrymore. And every night, a goblin comes out of the wall in her room and like sucks her breath out. And so the cat has to battle this little troll. And they have like this epic battle on Drew Barrymore's child like childlike chest where the cat <laughs> is just swiping at the troll and the troll is like trying to stab the cat with his tiny dagger. Yeah. I feel like Neil Gaiman wrote a story that's really similar to this. He wrote a story about a cat that, like, protected a house from demons. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, like, from the devil or something. Yeah, that story is called The Price. Yeah, I like that story. Yeah. I think, I remember, I remember he said at the beginning of that that it was from an anthology about, like, cats. And I always wanted to go find that anthology and uh, see what all the other Save Your Cat stories were like. I feel like, you know how babies now, they get born and they just have a Facebook page already with all their, no. their baby information and pictures? No, yeah. it's terrible. So now, whenever you get a pet, they just come with an Instagram. It's just like, here's your new page for your dog celebrity. Please post regularly or you will not be an official dog owner. But then, like, when you adopt a dog from, uh, you know, the Humane Society or whatnot, you just also inherit their Instagram page. And it's just, you get... Uh, you get new posting rights for that dog. Are you saying this is what you want to happen, or this is, like, an actual thing? I'm saying I'm creating an industry for dog Instagrams uh, in adoption circles. So I mean, I, I'm totally on board with this. So, like, when you see a dog Instagram that you like, there'll just be a little link in the corner that's like, adopt this dog. 
on the condition that you can continue providing us with Instagram photos. And this is just how it's going to work from now on. Is my vision of the future. <laughs> <laughs> Although, my friend Bernice, she says her favorite kind of Instagram account is when it's a dog and a child. <laughs> like, the dog and child combo is, like, the best combo. Yeah. Yeah, I think any animal with a child is, uh, like, I'll search for YouTube videos. It's just, like, monkey and child, ferret and child, chinchilla and child. I feel like it's just, like, a duo. Yeah. But, like, they have to be of different species. Because, like, if it's just two dogs, it's just, like, why well, could you just look at two dog accounts? Hmm. But, like, if it's a dog and a kid or a dog and a chimpanzee. Yeah. Or a dog and a ferret that just, you know... It's like exponential cuteness. Right. That's why I think that one Black Mirror episode uh, about the girl with her social media account was not really realistic because in reality, everyone knows all she had to do was get a cat <laughs> and start posting that, and she would have been just fine. She didn't need to do any of those things. A cat or a dog or even something crazier than that would have solved her whole social media problem. Or she could have just baked yeah, that's true. Like, she tried that. Remember, she made all of Tapenade, and then she was, like, failing to enjoy it properly because her wedding friend called. Right. And then she had, like, a stain on her shirt making <laughs> the all of Tapenade. Damn, I would be in a lot of trouble if I was gonna, uh, be only integrated into society based on my social media standing. No. I would be forced to make an effort at that point, and it would be, be very disastrous. Oh, have you heard of, um... Uh, it's called like Raja or Raya or Raya. Is it that uh, the Bollywood streaming? No, it's the the celebrity Tinder. No, what is that? So like, there's this thing. It's like, I don't even. We're gonna have to edit this because I don't. Oh, let me see how it's spelled. Oh, it's R A Y A, and um, mm. to get on, like they look at how many Instagram followers you are to see if you're like famous enough. Wow. That is terrible. But I think this is because these people only want to date other glamorous people. I know, which so I they... think is terrible. But they, they only want to do that so they can continue being glamorous people. Like, imagine that you're an Instagram celebrity, but, like, you have an ugly boyfriend. And, like, you love him, but he's not an Instagram person. So then you're going to feel conflicted all the time. No. Like, is the beauty of your Instagram account... Okay, well, actually, now that I think of it, I think it's good that this exists because the terrible people can just date other terrible people and keep them out of the dating pool for everybody. Exactly. So I think that this is just to prevent that strife of having to break up with a person because they're not good on your Instagram. Well, no, because if you have, like, an unattractive boyfriend, then he's just your photographer. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be – somebody's going to do that. It's going to be a whole scandal. Let's write a book about it. It'll be like a story about a person who's trying to hide their boyfriend as their Instagram photographer. And uh, eventually she learns that she is a shitty person and she can't do that anymore. Right, or her her ugly boyfriend, and I use ugly in quotes here, like breaks up with her because he's like, well, I don't feel like we're in a real relationship anymore because you don't want to be seen with me in public. And then after that, she starts losing followers because her hot <clears throat> boyfriend sucks at taking photos. Yeah. And then she, so she begs for her ugly boyfriend to come back, but she's not doing it because she truly loves him. She just needs the better photos. I think, but he has created his own Instagram account where his amazing photos have gained him much popularity, and right. he realizes he doesn't need some hot lady in his photos right. to uh, show off his creativity. I think this is a Black Mirror episode. 
Probably. Yeah. This is all about terrible people having let's, terrible let's things happen this. to them. Let's Black Mirror. Yeah. Mm. Man, Black Mirror isn't your ideas anymore. It's just everything that happens in Black Mirror is already happening in the real world. So you can just take the real world and put it in your Black Mirror episodes. I feel like we've already gone through to the other side of the mirror. Oh, shit. No. No. No, life is great. I'm... Well, you say that because you live in California. <laughs> no. <laughs> in California all the time. I mean, you have avocados, you have almond milk. I can't eat avocados anymore. Really? Why? I don't know. It's terrible. Um, apparently they're... What is this? How do you say it? Oral allergy... Oh, there's something called oral allergy syndrome, which is, like, you have, like, a pollen allergy, and it develops into, like, a food allergy, and then um, I have, like, a pretty severe, like, birch pollen allergy or whatever, and then I just realized that about six months ago, I started getting itchy when I ate avocado, and, like, it, it just kind of gets worse. Because I really love avocado, so I keep on trying to eat it. And then my mouth and throat and lips get itchy. And then I talk oh, to my nurse that's... friend, and she's like, stop eating avocados. Yeah, that's terrible. I think something similar happens to my dad with, like, cherries. Mm-hmm. But, like, not all cherries, only, like, the yellow cherries. Oh, that's weird. I know. It's got a different enzyme something i have no idea but yeah the fact that you can't eat avocado how are you going to get more instagram followers if you can't post pictures of your avocado toast i know it's pretty much a non-starter at this point i think i would just have to take pictures of other people's avocado toast that's right or wait for the next trend to come along but uh, my friend's breakfast or something <laughs> smoothie bowls yeah. i don't i don't know so, who are our sponsors this week? Uh, sponsored by Bernachon Coffee, classic latte. It comes in a yellow bottle, and I drink it every week. This episode is brought to you by Punk Cats, who will step on your bladder because they need to go out and pee. Also, see next year, the new movie starring killer cats based on a book that was not written by <laughs> Stephen King, except in an alternate universe. These are all my sponsor ideas. Don't forget, this episode was brought to you by Dog Pack, keeping your neighborhood safe from cat gangs. <laughs> okay, I think, I think we're good. <laughs> sponsors, please con- sponsors, please contact us. We clearly have no idea what we're doing. Welcome to Midnight Breakfast Cafe, the podcast that brings you charming coffee shop banter without food or beverages. I'm Stacy. I'm Natalie. I'm Oops. Did it, bro. <laughs> <laughs>